Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast with me, Jacob Granger. In this week's episode, we caught up with a cross-border collaboration project between three journalists in Germany and India. After receiving a health grant from the European Journalism Centre back in August, we talked to three minds who took advantage of this scheme to explore the role of midwives in healthcare and women's rights in two countries, India and Bangladesh. So we'll be speaking to Fiona Weber-Steinhaus, Julia Vadhavan and Sunaina Kumar. They'll be talking to us about how they spent the €15,000 to develop their project at the Battlefront of Birth, the role of midwives in development and crisis. We'll touch on what grant funding means for journalism today, the editorial decisions they've faced in pursuing this project, the power of collaboration, particularly cross-border, and how they've tailored the pieces to different audiences in Germany, India and elsewhere. Fast forward four months and the team have since spent three weeks in India and Bangladesh looking into the state of midwifery in these regions, particularly in important places of crisis such as the Rohingya refugee camps. So having pitched the story to a range of publishers in Germany and India, Sunaina says this gave them some rough ideas for what the outcome would be, but nothing was set in stone. So there was no definitive set yield from the project coming in and no real expectation of what the stories would come out either. She says this is something which is a key advantage of being grant funded. I think the interesting thing is that you pre-plan some of the reporting and you speak with people, editors, all of that, already have some things in mind. But it's good to be on the field and also discover stories that you weren't really expecting to find. And um, we, we do not have... We did not have a strict idea of uh, how many stories we want out of this, but I'm imagining that each of us would end up doing at least three, if not more. So the number would be upwards of 10. While Julia points out that a lot of the money went on basic things like travel, photographers, translators, accommodation and basic income, she does say that this is critical relief for journalists who can then spend that little bit longer refining their stories. Um, many newsrooms don't have that, or don't want to invest that kind of money for a single story. You have to pitch beforehand, pitch a very specific kind of story to uh, a lot of newsrooms to kind of cross um, finance. Um, or you might not get the possibility to do it. And we had the possibility to go about it in a little bit more explorative way. Like Sunena has said that we had pitched some topics already to newsrooms. We had media partners, but we also had the possibility to explore and see what stories are there and then later see what can be pitched. We weren't like working towards one story, but that it really felt for the three, we- three weeks that we were doing research. And from this like on-the-ground research, um, like in a journalistic manner, of course, um, kind of like uh, the possibilities of stories and angles that are also underreported or not reported on at all kind of then arise, which is uh, great to see. And it also offers the possibility when you ask people or who are we supposed to talk to or who is an interesting protagonist, that gave us a little bit more leeway than if we had like a complete rigid structure and had to be back in Germany three days later. Julia and Sunaina actually did a collaborative project together last year with a different journalist, but it was through this project that this team came together. 
They explained to me how useful it was to collaborate with journalists from different backgrounds to help with the reporting, investigating and other task management. There is one very profound or basal example, because of course it's also strenuous to like do interviews all the time, meeting new people. So I had the feeling that sometimes when we had interviews and one person was a little bit tired, then one of us could like take the lead and the other could like sit back and listen for 20 minutes and then kind of like regain your strength and then bulge in <laughs> with um, different questions. And occasionally we'd also split up on the field. Most of the time mm -hmm. we were reporting together in Bangladesh, especially because we had a translator, none of us spoke the language. So most of the reporting was done together. But there were also times when we could um, separate and follow different leads and also know that we can still do the same stories and come back and exchange notes and that also worked out well. And was this especially useful to have a second and even third consideration when reporting on a frequently sensitive topic? Um, yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, there were quite a few quite times a few. where we were wondering how to go about it in that situation and would exchange ideas um, or feelings, sensations in that moment and also ask our translator because she's from there, she knows the culture, but like in Bangladesh. She did like very literal translations, but I can remember a few times that we said, uh, well, this is what we want to know, but you can ask in whichever way you think is appropriate. Yeah. That was one example or also in, in the sense yeah. that we yeah, that we thought of how the stories, when they come out, will affect the protagonist. For example, which not only not only from the community, but if you name certain people, like for example in Cox's Bazaar in the refugee camps, and there there's yeah, as you said, sensitive issues regarding maternal health or children and mothers. Um, then the questions we also had in mind as well, there's one thing, how does the community react when there's like three um, obviously not Rohingya people going to someone's house? I mean, then everyone kind of like registers the situation, but also um, if we write the real name of certain people into the story, we don't know if then loads of other journalists will go there if that's a good idea or so these kind of like things we discussed and also I think the most sensitive, um, or not most sensitive, yeah. one of the, what felt most sensitive was when we were in a public hospital in Hyderabad and it was a um, labor room and there were five or four women giving birth and um, we kind of wanted to see the work of the midwives and the nurses and what's happening but at the same time the women were so exposed that we also felt invasive. I think a situation where it was good to have like backup and discuss how to go about it. Grant funding seems to be the way many organisations are going and something that they're increasingly looking to. We recently covered uh, one of the first 12 recipients of the EJC's Engaged Journalism Accelerator. But for all the obvious benefits that grant funding brings, it begs the question whether it's a sustainable and reliable form of funding for journalists. I wonder if the team had any alternatives in place if the grant didn't pan out and what they would have done. I don't think um, it would be possible at all. Just the, it's, it's almost a privilege to be a part of something like this. Uh, as a reporter, you feel sort of incredibly, um, it's, it's actually really lucky to be doing this, to have the room to explore a subject that deeply, to find multiple stories and points of connection, which um, 
I, I can't think of any newsroom that would allow us to be out for that long, to spend that much time. And um, we weren't, in fact, even told, uh, of course, we have media partners when we um, pitch for the project, but we're not exactly told that these are the outcomes that we need, that we need X number of articles or any such thing. We're all freelancing journalists and we were kind of um, not in any um, project for autumn, so I could I could imagine that we would have come here and maybe pursued the story after all in India, maybe not in Bangladesh because it would have been um, too cost-intensive. Because if you come here, you can do that one story. You can look for other stories as well to do, and you've paid um, flights once, and then you can try, uh, cross finance them through different newsrooms, but. I don't think we would have done it on such a large scale. Finally then, with cross-border collaboration comes the question of appealing to different audiences, and the team were particularly insightful about how they incorporated different angles and considerations into each publication, given that they will be catering towards German, Indian, and wider audiences in Europe and elsewhere around the world. The German angle, I thought, um, was already there through the topic, because midwifery was um, in, in the news since the last couple of years, because German midwives had the issue of in insurance. So there was kind of like a simmering... Um, peg anyway uh, to to German audiences of, like depending of course which medium you would pitch it to so that was my German angle and also that before like um, fixing up the, um, the project there had been um, no um, reporting done on midwifery in India and Bangladesh in German print media. When I write this for Indian media uh, I, I will, of course, look at what is happening in India. There was a lot of interest also um, in Indian media about the situation in Bangladesh for a topic like midwifery because um, in um, uh, when it comes to this, Bangladesh has actually been much ahead of India in terms of putting in these reforms and practices in place, and India hasn't. So uh, while India has greatly institutionalized birth and there are incentives for women to give birth in hospital, but the C-section rates are very high. It is doctors who, who deliver. Uh, and there is this conversation which is, which is around midwifery and how there should be more midwives in India, but every state has its own conversation. At the national level, there's a different conversation. Um, so I can go into these complexities when I write this for Indian media for an audience here because they would have the context for this but if I were to write it uh, for an audience which is outside then it would have to be less granular it would be more the bigger picture of what's happening and then one more international aspect I had the feeling also that certain terms of like women's rights um, new discussions about um, the the pathways to abortion like also in Ireland and the US I mean in, like women's rights and also like the the wish for for a safe birth and, and the c-section rates in different countries those are all little pegs which totally connect um, Bangladesh India to England Germany and um, probably other European countries as well Fascinating insights there from Fiona, Julia and Sunaina, pieces to come in German and Indian titles, as well as an article in The Guardian that we'll be keeping our eye out on. I want to thank them all for their time to speak with me. 
And of course, thank you to you at home for tuning in on this week's podcast on journalism.co.uk. Do stay in touch with us, of course, on Twitter at Journalism News, where you can tell us about the projects that you are working on or if you'd like to feature on one of our podcasts. But that's all from me this week. Until next time.